Welcome to Rise Above Your Mind, a podcast dedicated to education, advocacy, and support for topics related to mental health and all challenges and obstacles that are found in the world today. Welcome back to another episode of Rise Above Your Mind. Today, we are joined by Eva Morell. Do you just want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, my name's Eva Morell. I just finished my third year at the University of Georgia. I'm on my way to finishing my undergrad in sport management. I'm hopefully going to be pursuing my master's in sport management. And I was a swimmer for EGA, had to medically retire, but I was a swimmer for the national team and the national junior team in high school and recruited and came to Georgia. So that's where I'm at now. Yeah, it's awesome to have you here today, Eva. Super thankful of you for taking some time to talk about a very important topic today that we're going to be discussing, which is eating disorders. And we're going to discuss eating disorders more based around athletics, but also some general conversations, some general topics about what they are, how to understand if you are dealing with one, and just some advice or resources and reflection on them. So first, we're going to have Eva kick us off by talking about her personal journey with dealing with an eating disorder and how that affected her athletic career and just her life in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think my journey started when I was 15. And I think I can look back on my life and say um, there's certain qualities that I have and certain things that happen that kind of predisposed me to developing my eating disorder. But 15 is when it kickstarted. Um, a comment was made about my, my body and it very much changed the way I thought about athletics. And it made me think that if I looked like an athlete, that's all that mattered. Like it's kind of like talent and skill and hard work kind of got put on the back burner and it was like, well, if I look like an athlete, I'll be, I'll be good. And it took a couple years, like 15 is when I started making lifestyle changes is what I would call them at the time. But those changes developed into restrictive eating patterns. And I don't know if I'd call it over-exercising because obviously I was an athlete, but I added an exercise that my peers didn't do. And it kind of like hit this snowball phase where it's kind of like, I call it the cliff. I was kind of on this, this little path. And then there reached a point where it was out of my hands. It was out of my control. My eating disorder completely took over. And that was my junior year of high school. And it was a really, really tough time because I didn't even know what an eating disorder was. I thought that I was looking like an athlete and I thought that was what I needed to do. And I was willing to sacrifice whatever it took to be good at my sport. And the irony is my eating disorder told me it was making me better at my sport, but my eating disorder is what ended my sport for me. And my senior year of high school is when I first did treatment for it. I was hospitalized twice and then was in adolescent treatment at the University of San Diego Eating Disorder Center. And then transition to college and I thought college was going to like solve all my life problems and it very much did not and I ended up relapsing pretty bad and I felt internally a lot of embarrassment and shame around my eating disorder so I hit it which was the worst thing I think I could have done for myself 
and then was hospitalized again and received more treatment. And that was two years ago. And I've been in outpatient treatment ever since then. And it's still very much a day-to-day battle for me. I have retired from swimming that I retired a year ago. I just don't think my eating disorder and swimming could live in the same sphere in my life. And I'm doing way better, I think, than I have. But I think eating disorders, it's kind of like a roller coaster or like whack-a-mole for me. One thing can pop up and another thing can go down. And it's just trying to find a healthy balance and trying to, for me, just navigate my life as at this point. You mentioned that you thought transitioning to college would solve all your problems and that it would make this go away. What was the hardest part for you about that transition when it came to your eating disorder? And then the decision, like you said, to hide it from those closest to you, what in your mind made you feel like that was the best decision? Obviously, like you said, it wasn't the right decision, but what, what were those kind of things, you know, going on in your mind that your eating disorder were telling you that made you feel like that? It was two things. One was the the shame and the stigma that I felt that I would have received. The big thing, I didn't want people to look at me and go, she's the eating disorder girl. She's the girl that struggles with food. I, that was such like a debilitating label in my mind that I just didn't want to approach that with a whole new group of people my freshman year. And the second one, which was kind of more of the toxic thought in my head is the comments that people would make about my body, whether they told me I looked a certain way, even in a positive light, if someone told me, oh, you look X, Y, Z positively, I would be afraid to look anything other than that. So it kind of kept me in this cycle of, I want people to like me. And I, I think everyone likes to be told they look good. But for me, it would perpetuate this cycle of being afraid to be any different. Um, but really, I just didn't. I was so afraid of people thinking poorly of me for having a mental illness that drove me to just kind of keep quiet. And stigma is a big topic when it comes to mental health, eating disorders, really any challenge when it comes to something you're dealing with mentally and even some physical aspects as well. And there's been a really big push lately with a lot of mental health organizations and in the world surrounding breaking those stigmas down and trying to take away that shame, take away that aspect of people believing that these things make them less or make them, you know, not good enough for something like you were with swimming. Mm -hmm. Is there any specific way that you think was best to break the stigma around eating disorders? Is there anything that you've done personally in that field and what that kind of means to you about breaking the stigma around eating disorders? Yeah, I think personally for me, the best thing that I have done is be open about it. Uh, Because I I think there's a lot of stereotypes and a lot of false information about eating disorders. So to share my story and say, this is what it looks like for me, I think helps me feel less shameful. And I think also breaks the stigma because then other people can feel empowered and willing to share their story. So then more people will like be like, hey, this is my journey. And also this past year being with the hidden opponent has been so empowering and just wonderful to be a part of a group of athletes who are so committed to breaking that stigma. So I'd say those two have been the biggest, just like motivators for me to help be a part of 
breaking the stigma around all mental illness. Absolutely. And just building off of that a little, I just want to talk about my recent experiences dealing with an eating disorder and breaking that stigma as well. Because my freshman year coming into college, I was 17 years old. I was in a new place surrounded by people that I was just starting to get to know. And I tore my meniscus, had to take about two, three months off for rehab and recovery. And I started just eating my feelings away. And it got to the point because I was having these overwhelming feelings of anxiety and doubt and depression. And it just, it kept feeding into that addiction. And, in, in, and it was an addiction. It wasn't just like, oh, you get sad and you eat because people can get sad and eat their feelings away and not have it be an addiction. But for me, it became sort of a reliance where, oh, I was in a bad mood. I didn't want to talk to people. I would just go eat. And I didn't really consider myself to have an eating disorder. I didn't really think, oh, I have an eating disorder. I am somebody that, you know, deals with these types of problems because most of the eating disorders that you see talked about in the news, talked about with athletes are where they starve themselves. Eating disorders where people are starving themselves of calories, of fats, of nutrients. And for me, I never really thought that there was this type of eating disorder that could go on the other end of the spectrum, which is commonly referred to as uh, binge eating. And after dealing with this for almost a year and a half and putting on a lot of unnecessary weight, despite the fact that I was, you know, an athlete playing soccer, working out five days a week, I just kept putting on weight and I didn't know what the problem was. And this past year with the hidden opponent, I finally got the support and the people in my life that kind of helped me understand what I was going through and how to get help for that. And that was the biggest step for me. It was the last week of February of this year, 2021, which was National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And the Hidden Opponent put on a couple panel events, um, including Eva here and some other amazing THO members like Colin and Case. And overall, just an amazing week full of, you know, breaking that stigma around eating disorders. And that was the first time that I ever opened up. And I actually, Eva is actually the first person that I ever talked to about dealing with an eating disorder and what I could do to get help. And obviously with us both being interns, I had gotten to know Eva pretty well and trusted her to the point where I was comfortable talking to her about this. And I think that was really helpful for me, knowing that I had the support, knowing that I had people in my life who... I could trust and that I could talk to. And I think that's another important thing with eating disorders and with all mental health in general is building that support system, building that group of people that you know you can talk to and that you know will be there for you. Because within that first week of opening up about dealing with an eating disorder, I had probably five, six people just from the hidden opponent that had reached out to me and talked to me and were just like, Hey, I'm so thankful that you opened up about this, that you realized that you needed to get help. And if you need anything, reach out to me, I have your back. And that was just kind of crazy for me because 
like I said, I never really thought of myself as having disordered eating. I never thought of myself as having an issue with binge eating. And till I heard about what it was and heard about how it can affect people. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, so that's my problem. Now that I know what's going on, how do I get help? And that for me, it was just a big struggle to open up about it because like you said earlier, you don't want people to see you and go, oh, that's the guy with the eating disorder. That's the guy that keeps putting on weight no matter how much he works out because he just stress eats and can't just seem to get away from that. And people will, I'm in your case, people will say, oh, just eat more. Oh, just eat more. And in my case, you know, it's, oh, just don't eat as much. Just don't eat when you're stressed. And it's like, well, that's the whole problem. (laughs) If it were that easy, you know, (laughs) if it were that easy, if it was just, oh, you should eat more or, oh, you shouldn't exercise as much. If it were that simple, then it would be that simple, but it's not that simple. People don't realize it's the food, like with eating disorders, food and how your mind like approaches food, I guess, in thought is like the symptom of your mental illness. Whereas I think a lot of people go like, oh, well, if you change your habits of food, your mental illness will go away. But really it's just the symptom and you have to address like the mental thoughts and your mental talk and all of that. And then that will hopefully transition to behavioral change and a change in like how you think about food. So I I agree. People are like, just eat more, eat less, do this. I'm like, it is so much more complex than. (laughs) Yeah. I'll like, I'll, I'll just be sitting here and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I should eat something. But then like, I'm like, Oh, I'm not hungry, but my mind is telling me I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. Like I've already had, you know, I like this happened to me the other day where I had a pretty filling breakfast, had something small for lunch, but still, you know, nutritious. And it was like probably three or four in the afternoon. And I was just sitting here working on some stuff and I knew I wasn't hungry. Like I knew that I didn't need to eat, but my mind was just like, it was telling me that I needed to eat something. It was telling me that I was hungry, even though like deep down I knew I wasn't. So it's more than just, Oh, don't eat or, Oh, exercise more, exercise less. It's like, you have to physically tell your body that it's wrong. And that's so difficult. Like it's a whole process that I've been trying to learn over the past two months since I first opened up about this. And it's, it's not something that you can just overcome in two months. I love that point you made about having to tell yourself that you're wrong because I, I don't think a lot of people understand that with eating disorders to in an outside perspective, it's very clear to a person without an eating disorder. It may seem simple, but to your own mind, you're like, I have to tell myself that what I think and what I feel is wrong. And it's such a difficult thing to fix and to change. So hopefully that's like a good point to people who don't struggle is like when your friends or family or girlfriend or boyfriend, when they struggle with an eating disorder, it's so much more complex for them to make those changes. And that's why it's so amazing when people do see progress because their, their minds are, are changing and it's all for the good. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't always associate eating disorders with mental health, which I feel like they definitely need to be because Mm-hmm. it's more than just the physical aspect of being overweight or underweight. It's more than just that like physical appearance. Like you just said, like it's a mental battle. Yeah. I, I need to eat or I don't need to eat or I need to do this extra exercise or I don't need to do this extra exercise. 
And your mind is telling you something different than what your body needs, which is the same thing that happens with other mental illnesses. If you have depression, your mind is telling your body that you're sad, that there's something wrong, even if physically there's not. And that's something that you have to switch your mentality about. And so I think the more that we can break down that stigma, the more that we can make people understand that it is a mental illness. Oh yeah. It's just, it's just a mental illness that you can actually see the physical results of. If you have depression or anxiety, you can't always see the physical results of the toll that takes on your body. But with an eating disorder, you can. And so that's why I think people don't always correlate them to be, you know, in that same kind of group of mental illnesses, but it really should be. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think a good point to make too about eating disorders is every type of eating disorder, you don't have to be like a certain look or a certain weight. You know, for me, when I was first ever hospitalized, I was at a completely normal weight. A lot of people told me like they they wouldn't look at me and go, oh, you have anorexia. They said that they couldn't see that. And to me, I'm like, well, yeah, because it's all up here. It's all in the brain. My body's just kind of, it's my body. And that I think it's interesting. You know, you can be in any body type or shape or size and have an eating disorder. And that's one of like the stereotypes with all eating disorders is that you have to like look a certain way to have one, you know? Yeah. And I think I definitely fell victim to that stigma and to that idea when I was first dealing with binge eating, where I was like, oh, I don't have an eating disorder. People with eating disorders are people that, you know, they don't eat or they have, you know, anorexia, bulimia, stuff like that, where you're forcing yourself to lose weight, you're not eating. And I definitely fell victim to that stigma until, like I said, I started to learn more about eating disorders and the fact that there are so many more types of disordered eating than most people know about. And I think that's another important correlation with mental health is that a lot of people will just say, Oh, if you have a mental health issue, they just kind of put you in this group of people where there's hundreds of different types of mental health issues and disorders that people deal with. And it's the same with eating disorders. And so that's another really important thing that I've recently learned a lot more about that has helped me in my own life and in supporting others. And I think it's another important thing that needs to be talked about when it comes to breaking down that stigma. Definitely. So do you have any advice for anyone who may be struggling with an eating disorder or just general advice about the topic advice for, like you said earlier, people who are trying to support a friend or a family member or just general advice? Yeah, I think Advice for someone who struggles with an eating disorder, I think the biggest one is obviously everyone deserves support and help in their battle. And I think that can be scary for a lot of people. So one of my biggest pieces of advice is tackling the fear of getting help and seeing professionals who can help with whatever eating disorder you may struggle with, and then taking it a step further, trusting them. I have struggled with not trusting my providers because of my eating disorder. My eating disorder tells me that it's my best friend and it it wants what's best for me, but really it doesn't. So then I have to like separate from my eating disorder and say, I'm going to trust the people with the really good degrees and education and they're going to help me. (laughs) 
And I, I actually heard this from another person and I can't remember from who, but in terms of advice for people who support those with eating disorders. And when I heard it, I was like, that is such a smart thing to say. It's to be a good role model. And my family all knows every detail about my eating disorder. And they are actually really, really good nowadays of not making judgmental comments about food, not commenting on my body or my appearance really in any way. And, you know, any talk about food or their own bodies or anything is positive because that's just kind of the environment we've all learned that works best for me. And I think when you're a parent or a friend or sibling or anything, being mindful of your words and actions around people who struggle can go a long, long ways. Because if you're making judgmental comments about yourself, a lot of times other people will be like, well, if they think that about them, what do they think about me? And it causes people to think about their body. So just being a good role model and being aware of what your relationship with food is like, how you talk about food, how you talk about body. I think all of that's so important in cultivating like a judgment-free zone for people just to eat and be in their bodies and choose recovery. And I actually want to pull up a quote from you actually from the eating disorder awareness week panel um, (laughs) that I actually have saved on my phone. And you said your body shape or size does not determine your success. And that quote, along with a quote from case that said, you can't hate yourself into someone you love. Those two quotes from that panel really kind of stuck out to me. And I saved them so I could look back at them whenever I was struggling with my eating disorder because it's absolutely true that what you look like doesn't determine your success. What you look like doesn't make you a better or worse person. And that's something that I still struggle with every day. You know, I I wake up and I go to the gym and I get done working out and I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I don't like how I look. I'm overweight still. I need to lose X amount of weight before soccer season so I can be in shape. And getting those thoughts out of my head has been my biggest struggle, has been my biggest challenge. And I think if I had to give any advice when it comes to dealing with eating disorders, when it comes to athletics, is being open with yourself and with your teammates. Because... I think once I started understanding what I was going through, once I started realizing that I did have an eating disorder and that I needed to get support to find people that knew what I was going through and that wanted to be there for me. And I talked to my coach about it actually. And that was one of the first times that I had opened up about it and it kind of took this weight off my shoulders because my coach, like my teammates, they noticed that I'd been putting on weight. I came in freshman year, a lot skinnier than I am now before my knee surgery. And for me, when I was able to open up about it and be honest with myself, realize that what I look like doesn't determine whether I'm going to be a successful athlete And life is so much more than athletics. I'm sure you understand that, especially now more than ever being medically retired, that there's so much more to life than athletics. There's so much more to life than 
your eating disorder telling you that you're not going to be successful because I may not start, I may not play, but I can do so many things for my team with my team without being perfectly in shape. And I can be a mental health advocate. I can be a Dean's list scholar. I can be on a full ride scholarship to college. I can intern with the hidden opponent. I can work a job. I can do all of these things. Yeah. No matter what I look like, no matter what my body tells me. And that was kind of the big thing that once that, that switch flipped in my mind, I was able to start on my path to getting better, to getting help, getting support. And so that's really my big advice is just be true with yourself. Don't lie to yourself about these kind of things because like we already talked about, your body is lying to you. Your body is telling you, (laughs) your body is already lying to you. You don't need another person in your head lying to you about what you're going through. And I think that's just the biggest thing for me when it comes to opening up and breaking down that stigma. Yeah. You know, you said like you can do all of these things no matter what your body looks like. And it's like when you are in your eating disorder, your eating disorder robs you of all those things because it wants your body or because it's telling you a certain thing. But really when you choose to like step into recovery and step into freedom, you get back all of those cool things that you can do regardless of your body. And, and, And it's just so cool to be able to be like, I choose my life over my eating disorder. I think that's super powerful. Yeah. And as we've already talked about the hidden opponent a couple of times and those resources that they have, there's also a ton of blog posts on there from people that have shared their personal stories about eating disorders that are super empowering as well. And just a lot of resources related to mental health, eating disorders. And I think if anybody, that's another really good way if anybody is struggling, if anybody is dealing with those thoughts in their head where you feel like the eating disorder is starting to take over your life, where you feel like it's getting to the point where you need to get help now or you're going to lose control of the situation. Just reading through some of the blog posts on the Hidden Opponents website helped me so much because my biggest thing that I have dealt with whether it's my anxiety, depression, eating disorder, et cetera, is feeling like I'm alone, feeling like I'm the only one in the world that is dealing with this and that nobody else understands. And just the more that people realize how common this is and how much it affects other people in the same way that it's affecting you, the easier it makes for people to open up, for people to share their stories. Like you talked about breaking down the stigma through personal stories through all of these kind of panel events like we talked about. So yeah, just building off of that, if you had to reflect on your journey, on what you've been through, like what kept you going, what inspired you and what is one thing that you would tell 15 year old Eva going into the battle that you now know she had to go through? Well, what kept me going is my support system, you know, like family therapists, treatment centers, like all of those people along the way, they're the hard workers. I, for a couple of times there, I was just floating along, but 15 year old Eva, I wish, I wish I could have told her that her body was uniquely and wonderfully made. And 
that I didn't have to change it. And I wish I, I wish I could have like shook her little shoulders and been like, you are going to be so successful in life, regardless of if your body looks like what this girl on Instagram looks like. So just shaking her and being like, don't compare yourself. You are so unique and wonderful. That would have been like super cool to, to tell myself back then. Yeah. That's, that's something that every 15 year old girl needs to hear. Every 15 year old boy needs to hear because the more that social media becomes prevalent in our lives, the more those perfect body images that we see, the, the more that people are like, Oh, I have to be this perfect individual. Otherwise nothing in life is worth it. And that's an, another big thing that I love about Victoria Garrick, who yes. obviously is the founder of the hidden opponent who brought all of us together to help change the world here at THO is her idea of being happy in yourself and whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. I know she had a post a couple weeks ago. It might've been around the time as national eating disorder awareness week where she posted some old pictures on Instagram that she had edited like super hard edited, like cut down her body, tanned it, like used filters and all this. And then she posted like the raw pictures and was like, this is what social media did to me. It made me feel like I had to show the world this perfect version of myself. And now like, she's so open about everything. She yeah. will post pictures straight out of bed in the morning where you can see stretch marks and discolored skin and all of that. And she owns it. And she's like, Hey, this is who I am. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm going to be a confident, strong woman, no matter what my body looks like. And it's so empowering to see that. Yeah. And I was going to say, it's so much more empowering to see that versus someone who has a perfectly posed, edited, like configured it's so much more relatable. And then I can look at Victoria's page and go like, she feels like my best friend and I've never met her in person like once. It's just so nice to have that like light in social media. She's amazing. She is. She, she truly is amazing in, in every way, shape or form. And Love I think, <laughs> <laughs> yes, all of the love. But yeah, I think everything that she does is so empowering and so helpful when it comes to breaking down that stigma around mental health and especially around eating disorders, because like you said, if you could tell 15 year old Eva, one thing it was that she was made just the way that she was supposed to be made and not to listen to her mind or anybody else tell her otherwise. And yeah. I think the more that that message is portrayed, the more that that message is shared on social media, the better it will be for people to talk about eating disorders and get that support that is so desperately needed for so many people. Yes, I agree. As we close out the episode here, Eva, do you have any closing thoughts about eating disorders and athletics? Just whatever's yeah. on your mind, go for it. Yeah, for my friends involved in athletics at any level, definitely check out The Hidden Opponent. They have so many amazing ways to get plugged in and they have their blog and Instagram. Join their Facebook group where all athletes can converse. Super, super fun. And, you know, to people who are struggling, just know you're not alone and getting help is so worth it. It can be scary, but it is so worth it. 
in days that it feels like there's like no hope, no light, there always is. Maybe you can't see it, but there's always a reason to keep fighting and keep going. And I'm thinking of you. I might not know you, but I, I just know there's people out there who are struggling in secret and my heart goes out to all those people. Wow. That was a powerful way to close things out. I think we'll just leave it at that. I just want to give a huge thank you to Eva for coming on today, for taking time out of her busy schedule to sit down with me and talk about something that is so important to both of us and to so many people in the world today. Thank you for having me. I had such a great time. Yay! Put that at the very end. (laughs) 